A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Well, hello. I'm Nicole. And I'm Ben. And you are listening to Wicked and Grim. Which is a true crime podcast. Warning, the following podcast contains graphic content and materials intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is Guys, yo! Cheersy, cheers! Sippity sip, the whole nine yards with the cheers. wicked grim. Cheers! I'm actually drinking Tazo. Calm the fuck down, tea. Calm the fuck down, tea. Is that what it's actually called? No. I really hope it is. They should put that on the label. It's just called calm. The fuck down. But I think if it was called what I just said, like they would actually sell more. Probably. Yeah. I- I'm just drinking coffee with a higher percent of alcohol than normal. Probably. <laughs> it may or may not be spiked. Do you ever have coffee that's not spiked? Oh, I do. Oh, okay. yeah. I actually, I really enjoy black coffee. Yeah, you do. I do. Like no cream, no sugar. It, that hits home. But you enjoy good. it more when there's some. What is it, Carolan? Carolans. Carolans in, in there. It. Yeah, but not all the time. If I do it too much, I get sick of it, and I'm like, oh, I don't want this for a while. Oh. Like I haven't had Carolans in my coffee for over a week. I think. Wow. Other than Other the than iced coffee. The bougie iced coffees. The bougie iced coffees, yes. We're all about those. Love it. So, so delicious. Good. Okay, so fun fact. Fun, major fun fact. Super fun. You ready for this? This is the last podcast we're going to be recording in our house. Yes, next episode is officially going to be recorded in our tiny home because we are moving in in like five days saturday so it's monday right now as we're recording and saturday we are going to be moving in which is wild so it's gonna be like a teeny tiny podcast a teeny tiny podcast (laughs) oh god i mean it'll still be wicked and great it will be exactly the same but well we'll have to see it might i don't know if it will sound different we're gonna be sitting in beanbag chairs which is kind of sweet yeah in a little (laughs) tiny loft up in our podcast or up in our uh, tiny home little podcast studio we made yeah, I'm actually really excited. So you guys will get a tour of that real soon. Don't worry. We've just been so far behind. We haven't really been able to show much of that yet. Yeah, it looks, but we will. And, and inside's a bit of a disaster right now because we're just trying to move stuff in. So once it's a little more organized and looks better, then we'll show you. Because we still actually have a lot of things in the house. So we have a busy week. Yeah, we do. <laughs> I'm still making shelves. And I wrecked one wall. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, putting up shelves. The nails went through the wall because it's just like a little like cupboard sort of thickness area. Anyways, nails yeah, went through. you're already wrecking shit. So now I got to fix the other side. Fun. Okay, I actually have something else super fun to say too. Okay, what's up? Okay, so I did like our Monday sneak peek or what, are, what do we call it? Like guess the podcast or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And it's been over an hour. No one's guessed it. Yes, so hopefully no one gets this case oh. and we can officially say we fooled you guys. It's so funny because like I actually thought people would get this right away. But it is like a bit of a random photo. It doesn't have a lot to do with the case, but I was like thinking. It's a pretty synonymous photo with this case though, you said, right? Well, I thought so. Well, either way, we'll see if we fooled them. 
I think it'd be sweet if I fooled them because I told you the other day um, I'm going to be the one that does it. And there they might be. Well, that's totally fine with me. So if I'm winning. We, we, we. what are you talking about you? <laughs> okay, now, so it's a competition between see if they'll get it and between us apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, oh. Before we dive into the case, can I say one more thing? Of course. Um, I, I want to wish a happy belated birthday to Chili Bob, who is <gasps> one of our Chili listeners Bob. who's been there from the start and has actually been supporting me as a creator yes. before the podcast even. Totally. Um, her birthday was actually on last Tuesday when last episode dropped. I didn't even know that. I knew How her, rude. I knew her birthday was like coming up, but I mm-hmm. didn't know when. And then I figured it out and it was too late. So happy belated birthday out there, Chili Bob. We appreciate you. Hope your birthday was amazing. And hopefully the rest of the month continues to be amazing birth month for you. Happy birthday. Boom. Boom. Done. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. My hands are freezing. So we're going to see how this goes here. Okay. It'll work. Maybe it's because there's like ghosts in the room. I think there are. It's spooky season. Ever since the last episodes, I just have not been this, the same. I just haven't been the same. <laughs> Shit's just, just, yeah. Shit's been creeping me out too a little bit more than normal. It is getting better. Like I'm fine. Like it took a week though, apparently. Yeah. Like, oh, Ben, like just, he's off on us, please. Here. We're only diving into the spooky shit, <laughs> especially know. when October hits. Then you know we're <laughs> oh going headlong into that. Speak. And there's one case that I've been wanting to cover since day one that I've been saving specifically oh. for Halloween. Sounds intriguing. You know what it is. Yeah, but you know me, I forget things really easy. Yeah. Should I tell should I tell them what it is or should I make them wait? Tell. Okay, cuz there's going to be a bunch of stuff we drop in October. Yeah, October's so, going to be a sweet month. You guys can look forward to this case at least. This is going to be the case of Robert the doll. I love this case. Ooh, okay, I did so know good. this. Yeah. And Robert the doll was the inspiration for the child's play movies. He was the inspiration for Chucky. Oh, so okay. That's one episode that's we can look forward cool. to in October. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to start this. Okay, and let's I'm, do it. Let's see. Like, okay. If if it didn't come out on Facebook or on Instagram, well, Instagram I guess Facebook, and Facebook too. We have both. It's Market, Marcus Wesson. And that's about all I know about the case. So Marcus was born on August 22nd, 1946 mm-hmm. in Kansas to parents Benjamin and Carrie Wesson. He was the oldest of four children and he was raised as a member Of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, which is like a Protestant Christian denomination. Okay, gotcha. He himself claiming that his mother was a religious fanatic and his father was an alcoholic, was an alcoholic and a child abuser, including sexual abuse. Oh, shit. Who abandoned the family when Marcus was just a young boy. I I mean, being abandoned is never a good thing, but... But if a, he was a yeah a father like that, that it's good that they're now out of their lives. Yeah, you know? actually, we don't need people I never like looked that. at it like that. The mother would also physically abuse the oh, children, fuck, though. Of course. So I don't know, and it's interesting because it's like so many so many cases that we cover, right? Like or just cases out there, like the the vic or the I don't know what you the bad person, the perpetrator. Yeah, there you go. Has like kind of a shitty upbringing, and that yeah. just sucks. It seems like that's that's very. Um, What's the word? Now I'm forgetting words. Prominent. Very prominent. Mm, yeah. In, uh, their upbringing. Yeah. It's it's something that occurs often. I know. Well, now I'm like one of, I mean, I'm sure we've covered some cases where they've had, a, yeah, we have, where they've had a perfect upbringing. I'm sure we have. Well, yeah. is there ever a, per, nothing's perfect. There's no perfect well, upbringing. A, a normal, a good upbringing. Yeah. You know? what, what you would classify as normal. Yeah. 
So the family would relocate to San Bernardino, California. I hope I'm saying that right. (laughs) In the early 1960s, uh, Marcus would eventually drop out of high school and join the army, serving from 1966 to 1968 as a medical care provider. Oh, cool. He was given an honorable discharge at the end of his service. After this time in the in the army, mm-hmm. Marcus would meet his future lover named Rosemary Maydarnina. Something okay, like that. That, that Rosemary. is an over-the-top name that I actually kind of fucking love. The whole name? Yes, the whole name, just as a whole. <laughs> like just as a whole. If I were to meet someone like named Rosemary or something like that, it's like, ah, it's kind of an old-fashioned name, but like Rosemary, what was it, Madarnina or something? May, May Don, May, oh, I said it right for the beginning. <laughs> Maydarnina? Yeah, Maydarnina, I don't know. Good Lord, don't <laughs> ask me. Rosemary okay, If I pronounce right? something right the beginning, don't ask me to pronounce it again. Okay, well, regardless, that whole name, <laughs> love it. Love it. It love actually it. sounds quite nice. Yeah. So, Rosemary was actually married at the time, though. Okay. And, and... A and mother to eight children. To eight kids. Oh, she's a busy lady. Mm-hmm. But this didn't deter Marcus, which it may deter some, I'm assuming. But it rather thri- thrilled him. He was thrilled by the idea, claiming they needed a shepherd. They needed like, a shepherd. A shepherd, like okay. someone to guide them. Yeah. Well, I know what a shepherd is. Oh, it sounded like you didn't, so I was helping you out. <laughs> well, I appreciate the help, but I know what a shepherd well, is. Well, in case you didn't know what a shepherd was, it's basically someone to help guide you. So Rosemary would quickly break it off with her husband, and Marcus moved in with Rosemary and her children in their San Jose, California home. In 1971, they welcomed their first son together. Doesn't seem all that crazy so far, right? Well, I have some predictions going on in the back of my head here. Do you? I do. You don't know anything about this, really, do you? No. Oh. But I, I, you've already said that the father of this dude, of Marcus... Uh, was an abuser and sexually assaulted Yeah, some of the siblings. And the mother was an abuser. So I'm assuming he is now looking at these kids like potential um, victims for a sexual assault. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, well, um, where am I now? Oh, I'm pulling a you. You're pulling a Ben. Okay, so shit would basically take a turn in 1974. Marcus would become fixated with one of Rosemary's daughters. Called it. Fucking called that shit. Little Elizabeth, who was eight years old at the time. Oh, fuck. What a... Oh, this guy's greasy as fuck. She's eight? She's eight. God damn it. We're going to go into more detail about this soon, but Marcus was basically like a master manipulator. He took on a godlike role in the family, which is why I believe the falling like was even able to happen. Mm-hmm. Both Elizabeth and Rosemary were brainwashed by Marcus's ideas, and he was able to convince them. And when I say them, like I more so mean Rosemary, being that she was the adult because mm-hmm. Elizabeth was eight years old, um, that this was God's plan. Oh, fuck. Of course. It seems like a lot of people in this sort of mindset use that excuse so much. Oh, it's God's plan. It's, it's God's, God's plan. I was told. Yeah, he was I told. I understand that you might be religious, but I do not understand the fact that you think just because you have a point of view or feeling one way does not give you an excuse to say, well, God's making me do it. Mm-hmm. No. Fuck off. Well, yeah, it's almost like these people are just using that as an excuse for them to do terrible things. Yeah. Well, which <laughs> in that same argument – 
if you are a religious individual and say you do have these visions from God and God wants you to do these things, shouldn't you question it and say, okay, the devil is a master manipulator. Maybe it's not God wanting mm. me to do these. Maybe the devil is showing me false visions, yeah. impersonating um, Jesus or God or whoever you are envisioning. And you should question the validity of these and question how good these things that you're being told to do are. Because like we should know the difference between right and wrong, right? right? So. so if you're being told to do bad things by God, maybe you should question, is this really God telling me this? That's a good point. Have you had to question that? Yeah. I have many okay. times. Should oh I slap this person I work with? Hmm. No. <laughs> I really want to. Okay. So performing an at-home marriage ceremony, Marcus would declare little Elizabeth at the age of eight his wife. Once Elizabeth was 12 years old, Marcus would begin to sexually assault her. Okay. At the age of eight, he declared her his wife? Yes. Not in, not, but this was just like an at-home ceremony. That's, that's still really fucked up because there's, there's the whole things of like fathers going on dates, with their daughters, you know, it's a cutesy little thing. Oh, I'm, that, okay. Though when you see those photos, that's the cutest shit right? I've ever seen. So there's, there's <laughs> cutesy little fake ceremonies you do, you know, your yeah. play dates and stuff with your child. I understand that. But yeah. like he fucking married his daughter. Yeah. Unofficially. Yeah. And then a few years later, started sexually assaulting her. And at 14 years old, she would become pregnant. Fuck. And at 15 years old, Marcus would legally, because apparently at that point in time, that was legal, age, I don't know, marry Elizabeth. And she would give birth to the first of what would be 11 Holy children. Fuck. And these 11 children were all birthed before Elizabeth reached the age of 26. <laughs> your Holy eyes shit yeah like i feel like that in itself is almost like using and abusing like that poor wow no woman kidding. didn't get a freaking break she didn't get a fuck she had everything taken from her at that point yeah everything everything wow because like that's just a lot of kids in a very short amount of time yeah and very young and i'm assuming forced upon her yeah and well, even if it wasn't forced but upon then her he I don't know if she, like, she knew no other way, right? And he was manipulating her to believe that this was, like, the right way of life yeah. kind of thing. So I don't know if she was, like, I mean, he, it was bad what he was doing 100%, but, like, I don't know if she, like, knew it was bad. There was one article that said something about, like, that she liked the attention. But you grow up learning that things from these figures. Oh, it's right. It's right. Yeah. It's right. That's false information. Yeah. That's and not And we true. will talk about right. that more, too. So this is a whole fucked up situation. Wow. Oh, this is just the fucking start, man. Like calm your oh. titties like this. This just goes down. I am not going to calm my titties. <laughs> I'm going to start flapping them everywhere. <laughs> and if you get hit in the face, it's your oh, own fault. It's all my <laughs> own fault. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So at one point in time. Okay. And this is where one thing that I couldn't fully find. I think it was Elizabeth's sister, but it could also have been Rosemary's oldest daughter, but it doesn't super matter. One of these people suffered – okay, th it doesn't matter because of this. It's because of something else. It sucks that she suffered from a mm -hmm. drug addiction. Like, not saying that's not a good thing. But the differenti differentiating between the individuals isn't yeah. necessary. Okay. So one of them was unable to care for their children, so left them in the care of Elizabeth and Marcus. And that individual 
had seven children. Holy fuck. So this household was just like a massive, a massive amount of kids. It's a colony at this point. <laughs> like crazy. Um, so basically a lot of mouse to feed, right? Yeah. So let me get this right. So far we have Rosemary having eight kids and of those eight kids, two of them have had. Okay. But no, we've jumped ahead now. We're basically like Elizabeth is now with Marcus. Okay. So Rosemary's not in the house anymore. Rosemary's gone. He left her for Elizabeth. I don't know if she's still in the house, but like Elizabeth, it's now we're moving on to Elizabeth's. And Marcus's story, right? Okay. I he was never married to Rosemary. Okay. See, I assumed like he was like married to Rosemary and married to her daughter, Elizabeth, no, at the same time. I don't think he was ever actually married to Rosemary. Okay. Yeah. So no, we're just like, we jumped ahead a little bit here okay. to where she's had like 26 or 29. Now she's a 26 children. <laughs> I mean, 11 children before okay. the age of 26. And then now they also have like these additional kids. So it's just wow. like a house full. I mean, that's like 18 children, is it not? That's a lot of kids. Yeah. Like that's a shit ton of kids. I can't handle two huskies. Yeah. Let alone like, 18 oh, kids I don't. I just think that we would be drowning. Yep. Um. Okay. Where was I here? Do, 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 do. Okay, so Marcus was also not able to really keep a steady, steady job, receiving most of the family's income from welfare. This caused the family to kind of drift from place to place with some rather unique living arrangements. I don't know if we'll find them that unique, but some people might. <laughs> <laughs> they lived in tiny homes. <laughs> so at one point in time, the family lived in a 26-foot boat. And their dinner would sometimes be scavenged hamburgers from a McDonald's dumpster. Oh. Which I'm like, kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. And this boat would, however, get Marcus in some trouble. He failed to disclose it as an asset when collecting welfare, which is fraud. Mm -hmm. So in 1990, Marcus would actually serve some time in jail. Oh, shit. I think it was only like about a year. I could never find exactly how much, but it wasn't like a shit ton amount of time. So in the mid... To admit in late 1990s, the family lived in a trailer and a large army tent in, Sa in the Santa Cruz Mountains with no running water. They also at one point lived in a decaying 63-foot tugboat and a school bus. Wow. So basically, I wouldn't say like life was super easy for the Wesson children. No kidding. They definitely have it hard. Yeah, but they don't know it, right? So, yeah. however, by the late 1990s, some of the children were old enough to get jobs, to which Marcus used their money to buy an old office building in Fresno, Fresno, California. Fresno? Fresno. I always want to say Freshka. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had to, like, practice early, but no, it's Fres Fresno. Um, so, though some of the living arrangements like I said, were unique. It was also Marcus's way of keeping the family out of sight from others. None of the kids attended school because Marcus distrusted the public education system. And if you lived in a neighborhood and you'd seen like numerous children around midday, like you might get some questions, right? Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so now to dive in a bit deeper into the story, as it's been a bit fluffy. That's that's <laughs> fluffy. Been fluffy so far. That's fluffy. That's the fluff on the top. That's yeah. the foam on the latte. There you ladies go. And Extra foam, please. Okay, so unfortunately, Elizabeth was not the only girl Marcus would take an interest in. I figured that was coming at an early age. 
He would go on to molest and have children with other young girls in his life, other girls being his daughters and his nieces. Marcus sexually abused two of his daughters and three of his nieces, all beginning at the age of eight years old, which is very interesting to think that he would wait till they were like eight. Like what? what's it with the eight, you know? Like yeah. to me, that's still like freaking young as shit. That's stupid young. But to him, he's like eight, legal. Fuck, maybe you need to add teen at the end of that. Yeah, like he's like a sick monster. Like yeah. so inappropriate. Like, wow. oh my gosh. Um, so- I even have a tr- left trouble picturing like people with 18 when it's like, oh, this is a 40 something year old dude and she's 18. I'm just like, just because no. it's legal doesn't mean it's not fucking nasty as shit. I know, I know. Oh, let's just not like, let's just not go there (laughs) with our minds. Uh, So each of these five girls would go on to have Marcus's children. It's believed he fathered at least 17 children. And I say at least because I don't know. People don't know for sure. (laughs) Um, With seven different women. So because that's including one with Rosemary and 11 with Elizabeth. Right. So we're assuming that he had one with each of these five other girls. But other reports said there was more. So I don't know. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, Marcus was a master manipulator. Mm -hmm. Um, And his time leading and controlling the family was often compared to be like cult-like. He was fascinated with David Caress, who was a famous American cult leader. Um, Which, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Maybe we'll have to do his story one day or something. Do we at least know what cult he led? Um, what was it? I don't know if I, oh shoot, I did look at the name. You did? You don't have it written down, that's okay. But it was, I, I, what I did have written down that he played a central role in the Waco siege or massacre or whatever in, of 1993. Okay, interesting. So, I don't know. And Marcus was fascinated by him, which is like probably someone you should not be fascinated by or look up to. <laughs> right? Okay. Yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> Uh, So Marcus made his family his own little personal cult. He described himself as Jesus Christ and police officers as Satan. I would describe him as many other things. (laughs) Many other things. He also believed that Jesus was a vampire. Interesting choice. Which is very interesting. He had a fascination with the, uh, the undead and seeing similarities between undead creatures and Jesus. Well, I mean, technically, Jesus rising from the grave. I mean, I know. I guess. I, I guess you could go there, but that parallel has been drawn a few times. Mm. Pop culture and stuff. I mean, zombie yeah. Je- Easter. I once in a while will say Happy Zombie Jesus Day. Because, oh, you know, I have heard that actually. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was just reading that. I was like, that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jesus's resurrection. Right? I know. I can make sense. It will ish. I'm just not even going to go there because, like, we might get in trouble from people. Well. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We are not saying Jesus is a zombie. No. But we can understand how some people might think that. Yeah. So I guess we can get the correlation between him. But I still think it's weird as fuck. Yeah. So this led him to collect coffins, which he found at antique stores. Okay. Coffins aren't cheap. This motherfucker is supposed to be broke as shit. Yeah. But they're, I think they're like, he thrifted them. So maybe they were still, really, really how cheap. How do you thrift a coffin? It's like, oh, this one's slightly used. Um, Are you going to question that? Well, shit? yeah, because he stored them in his house, and he had like ten. So I don't know where the. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Maybe 
I'm assuming they were new, but maybe not. Ew. I don't I would assume so as well, but I don't know. No, my brain's going a wild here. Because I didn't realize thrifting coffins was a thing. Yeah, because generally it's you shit. <laughs> Unless okay. it's like surplus coffins, you know. Yeah. Mark like, down 90%. Or maybe it's that someone bought them and then couldn't make the final payment. I guess, yeah. What is that called? People do that on houses or oh, something. Um, I can't remember. I don't know. But anyway, he collected coffins. He thought they were sweet. Um, and he even went as far as naming and giving some of his children vampire names. One being Jiva, which is a combination of Jesus and vampire. Interesting. Which is like not a terrible name, but then yeah. if you know if you know the background of it, you're like, oh, okay, I mean, that's interesting. Honestly, I'm not going to knock that because, like you say, Jiva is not a terrible name. I've heard much worse. Yeah. And I don't mind that name particularly. And if he wants to combine Jesus and vampire, I mean. It's two of his interests, I guess. It's an odd choice, but go for it. I, yeah. There's nothing wrong with unique names. Yeah. There we go. Jiva. Jiva. Maybe, maybe that will start a trend. Let's name the kids Jiva. So the children were homeschooled. And I'm like not really sure to what extent. I never found any reports of him teaching them subjects of like math and science, but you maybe, never maybe know. Maybe sex ed. You never <laughs> know. But he he would do Bible studies with them. Well, at least he did that. So numerous times a day, Marcus would get to become the preacher. And he always dreamed apparently of being a preacher. Teaching hit them from his own handwritten Bible that focus on focuses on Jesus being a vampire. So he put his own spin on it. And it was his interpretations of the Bible and Seventh-day Adventist beliefs. This so is, he just kind of like made his own religion in a sense, really. This is a cult. Yeah. 100%. This is not a quasi-cult. This is just a small, but, then, but it's a cult. I guess it's a cult. But then I also, I guess, the way I sort of view cults more so, so is like he's forcing everyone in his family to just be part of his cult. Yeah. But it's still a it's cult. It's not like bringing in outsiders or anything, like what I feel like most cults kind of do attract. Well, I mean, he's sheltering his following from the outside world and other opinions. Oh, yeah. He is claiming he is a messiah and he is falsifying information. However, he yeah. gets said followers is kind of irrelevant. He just has followers, shelters them and claims to be said messiah. That That's a fucking cult. I know it well because what was his what's one of his nicknames? Oh my gosh, um, douche canoe, vampire king of of douches. What's the town? Fre Fresco. Fresco. I was gonna say it wrong. Fresco. Yeah. <laughs> vampire king of douches. I like that better though. Okay, we just took a really quick pause break because we're pretty sure we're saying that name of the city wrong <laughs> now now i'm like frig what was i saying this whole time it's fresno california fresno yeah uh, we've got fresca in our mind <laughs> messing us up so it's fresno i'm gonna literally write this on my hand fresno so we apologize um we're tired and i'm actually like we'll probably go back and listen maybe we were saying it right i don't know now i can't even remember how i was pronouncing it but it's fresno california fresno so anyway he had the nickname of the vampire king of fresno was like a nickname that he had. I didn't really even throw that in there, but I was yeah. like, but you seem to really be onto this that he's cult. But I'm like, huh, he's just like forcing people to be in there. So I'm it's like, still a eh. cult. Is it? It is. He has followers, right? His family is following him and worshiping him and following his word. Believing him. Like the one they a fucking don't, cult. Uh, I didn't want to give him that much credit, but okay, here we go. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, so he would tell his children that he was God and have them. <laughs> as it's you're a like, fucking yes, cult. Because he would have them refer to him as master or lord. So, okay, he because he had David, that guy, like he looked up to him, which was a cult person. But I'm just like, he wanted to have a cult, but like, he's just using his own family. But okay, it's okay. It's still a cult. I didn't want to give him that much credit, but we're doing it, I guess. And I don't love that. So he also- No, no that's not credit. That's just showing how much of a fucking douchebag this guy is. That's not credit. <laughs> that's that's douche credits. Okay. That's so not good credit. That makes him just go down even more. Oh, definitely. Okay. So he also taught them to be prepared for Ar- Armageddon. Which was very interesting. So, like, that was, like, their studies, I think. How to be prepared for Armageddon and listening to this Momo's fake Bible that he created. Well, there's nothing wrong with being a prepper. Okay. That's probably actually good things that should be taught in school, but we don't know how he taught them. They should also be taught how to study math, maybe, and science. But you never know. The fact, though, that he's obsessed with the undead and he's preparing them for Armageddon. I guarantee you he's probably preparing him for the zombie apocalypse. Mm. So it's all like, we're going to rob Costco. Get your shotguns, boys and girls. Let's go out and practice or shoot. Does Costco down there have guns and stuff? I don't know. I'm just, people I know, are always like, like I, I think lots of Costco's have booze and ours doesn't have booze. Yeah, Canada kind of sucks. Well, we just have, we finally have a liquor store now. One liquor store in the whole city that has wine. But what? that's it. No. We have a grocery store that has wine. Oh, sorry. What did I say? We have one liquor store (laughs) that has wine. Okay, sorry. I already said I was tired. Okay, we have one grocery store finally. Holy shit. We have multiple liquor stores. (laughs) We have a lot of liquor stores. All of them sell booze and wine. (laughs) We live in a – our town is a town of 5,000. We have one liquor store. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're definitely larger than that. Okay, no, but it was sweet because our one grocery store – okay, we have more than one – we have more than one grocery store. (laughs) I'm like – just need to shut the hell up here. But – we finally got like it has wine, so it's kind of one one stop shop ish for me anyway because I like wine. Jeez, you done now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was a whole train wreck. <laughs> it really was. I hope you guys are still listening. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm gonna share photos of of Marcus too on our Instagram because I'm like not super intimidated by a lot of people, but like he scares the shit out of me. Like he's like scary. So I don't know. He also has that intimidation factor, I think, with his family. Mm. Like he probably scared them a little, right? Um, Okay. So all the girls were raised and groomed to believe that they were destined to be Marcus's future wives. Of course. From the time that they were basically born. The marriage ceremonies would consist of the couple putting their hands on a Bible and reciting marriage vows. Seems legit, right? Oh, totally. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, he married two of his daughters and three nieces, all which would have his children. Along with isolating the children from the real world, Marcus also isolated them amongst the group themselves. 
being particularly possessive of the females. The girls were not allowed to talk to their male siblings. Um, This was apparently to prevent further incest, which at least, okay, initially I thought, like, that's disgusting, but, like, the family maybe thought that was okay, right? So it it could have, yeah, more of that could have happened. Who knows? Yeah, well, I'm I'm pretty sure it's more so Marcus not preventing further incest. It's preventing um, anyone else from getting the daughters he wanted to keep for himself. Mm -hmm. Not to prevent incest, but to prevent him not getting other other daughters. Well, and then, too, maybe one of those brothers could have, like, maybe the brothers didn't even know it was happening, which I oh, think yeah. could definitely be. And then they would be like, what the heck, or whatever, right? And then mm-hmm. there would, like, a whole little war, so. Um, he would tell his daughters and his nieces this was how a father showed his love. It was a normal father-daughter relationship. Of course, that's what he fucking said. Oh, like, that just makes me want to barf again. And under isolation like that, you don't know any different. Yeah, like it actually makes me nauseous. I feel like a lot of times when we're talking about cases, I feel nauseous. (laughs) That's just a thing. Um, They were also not allowed to speak to their mother, Elizabeth. Marcus prevented her from participating in the children's upbringing. Really? Yeah, so I don't know exactly how he did this, but he had a way of doing this. Other than having the girls wait on Marcus' hand and foot... This mofo was also abusive. Of course he was, Which I'm sure doesn't surprise anyone here. Not in the least. He would use brutal force to keep the children in line, hitting them with electrical cords. Well, I guess whipping them with Mm -hmm. electrical cords, uh, baseball bats, and his fists. Baseball bats? Jesus, fuck. And, like, he was not a small man. Um, So a spoiler alert, at the end... Um, at the time of his arrest, he weighed over 300 pounds. Apparently, the man really liked fast food. That's a big boy. Yeah. So there was even some that said 400, but most said 300. So it was like 300 and 400 pounds. Like, it's a big dude, right? Yeah, no kidding. Um, so a punch from him would definitely sting a bit. One child was beaten for 30 days because he ate a spoonful of peanut butter Without permission. Wow. So you and me would be like getting beaten daily. Yeah. Peanut butter is the glue that that holds us together. (laughs) So I don't know. For a spoonful of peanut butter, it might be worth 30 days of torture. Well, just wait. So that was, that was a joke. Just, well, I'm just going to say like, it's not just like a little beating, like some of the, so how the beatings would work. Was it, you got hit 63 times a day. 21 hits in the morning, 21 hits in the afternoon, and 21 hits in the evening for however many days your punishment was. And it was up to you to remind Marcus it was time for your spanks, as the kids would call it. Wow. Like, that's disgusting. No kidding. Like, gross. He also didn't discriminate on age. Um Oh, my gosh, which we kind of already knew. But he beat one of his one-month-old infants. What? Until his legs bled because he wouldn't stop crying. And when the mom, Marcus's niece and wife, tried to leave, he stabbed her in the chest. What the fuck? Like a one-month-old baby was just crying? Oh! I didn't think this dude could get any worse, and he just fucking did. Oh, he's scum. He's just scum. Holy shit. Fuck this guy. Oh, he makes me uncomfortable. So, 
Now, as mentioned earlier, everyone in the household was expected to do hard work. And you were, if you were of age to get a job, that was expected of you with all of your earnings going to Marcus. Of course, yeah. Which, okay, allowing the children to attend jobs seemed like it could have been kind of risky, right? Mm -hmm. But he had them under such control, and I think like the control was basically fear-based, that no one shared their dirty laundry, not to police or anyone that they were working with. So his income came from his kids and welfare. Wow. Yeah. Like just crazy. Um, At one point in time, two of the girls – um, well, I guess they were be women at this point, decided this lifestyle wasn't for them, Ruby and Sophina. So they were the nieces of Marcus and his wives. Like, it's just fucked up. Like, I just like, <laughs> I think I keep explaining that, but you guys get it. Yeah, we know it's <laughs> fucked. We know it's real fucked. Um, they had attempted to run away before, but were never successful. But this time they begged Marcus to let them go. Which he ultimately did, but under the condition that they would leave their sons behind. This left them no choice, so they left and they left their sons behind. That's a difficult choice. Wow. I know. Like, that's just, oh, oh, I just couldn't imagine. They tried to move on with their lives, but the trauma they had from the previous lifestyle was a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, ugh. In 2004, they decided to go back for their sons. It was also mentioned that Marcus may have intentions to move the family to Washington State, as this was where his parents lived, um, which could have been another reason why, like, the parents were like – or those women were coming back for their children, right? Because he was taking them out of state, basically. So they connected with family outside of the family cult to help them and all together showed up at the home of Marcus. Marcus handled the situation quite calmly, but the family inside the house was screaming at the women because in their brainwashed minds, they were traitors, right? Yeah. So the police were then called. When the officers arrived, both Ruby and Sophina told them that Marcus was going to hurt the kids. I guess there was a suicide pack that was regularly discussed oh, shit. in the household. Shit. If anyone in law enforcement showed up, the women were ordered to kill their children and themselves. Holy fuck. When the officers spoke to Marcus, he did agree to let the kids go, but asked if he could say goodbye first. Oh, shit. The officers agreed. Marcus shut the door. And the officers waited an hour and a half for Marcus to return. Once he returned, he was covered in blood. Now, this part is beyond fucked up, and I, like, cannot comprehend it. This part's beyond (laughs) fucked up? Okay, well, the part I'm just (laughs) about to say is neighbors say they heard gunshots during the period that Marcus was inside saying his goodbyes. But none of the officers claim they heard anything. So, like, that just doesn't make any sense Yeah, to that's kind of fucked up. Like, I don't get that. I mean, the officer. Like, hmm. they were outside waiting. Yeah. 
But also, why the fuck would they wait that long? I know. Like, it's literally a hostage well, situation. Well, not necessarily, because they didn't really have any grounds to, like, barge in, I guess. Like, they didn't have the warrants and shit that they needed. But, I mean, people were in danger technically in there, so I don't know. The whole thing just seems fucked up. But he got that extra time to go in there. Ugh. So, ready? I'm just wondering if anyone survived or if anyone left, so, managed to walk out or anything, you know? Marcus was obviously immediately arrested as he was covered in blood. Mm-hmm. And the officers entered the building. What was inside was absolutely heartbreaking. A pile of bodies in the back room all intertwined. The bodies were so entangled that it took hours for police to confirm the number of dead bodies. It was thought there may have been some kind of ritual involved. I don't know exactly what the suicide pack entailed, but this was the aftermath. Nine were dead, ranging in age from 25 to one years old, and each person had a gunshot wound through the eye. So everyone in the house. Yeah, I I find it hard to believe that officers didn't hear a gunshot. Well, yeah, see, that just makes no sense, does it? Yeah. I don't know. But then other, because other people reported hearing the gunshots. So I don't know. Basically, there was nine dead. The victims were uh, Sabrina, who you'll hear more about. She was age 25. Elizabeth, age 17. Illabel, age 8. Aviv, sorry, I might be pronouncing that wrong, age 7. Jonathan, age 7. Ethan, age 4. Marshy, age 1. Jiva, age 1. And Sedona, age 1. Wow. Mm-hmm. The first and older two victims were Marcus's daughters, and the other seven were children of his daughters or nieces. So I guess some of them would be his children and his grandchildren, which is really yucky. Just, wow. Like, I'm fucking speechless right now. Holy shit. Yeah. Well, you're about to get even more speechless because oh, some other fuck. weird shit happens. Okay. Wow. Um, it just keeps getting, we're going, like, down this major spiral. I keep thinking, like, we've hit the fucking mother load of, like, disaster okay, that information. Was, that was the main spiral. There's just one tiny other one. So it was the largest mass killing in the history of Fresno. Okay, sorry. Fresno, yeah. Fresno. I was like, did I say their own noise? Which is the city, um, which is a city of about half a million. So it's not a small city. I've never heard of this city, actually. No, I have. Oh, have you? Yeah. Oh, it's about three hours from San Francisco. Oh, there you go. You've been to San Fran. I've been to San Fran. But yeah, I'm like, I've never heard of the city. It's like, it seems like a large city. But I don't know if, is that a large city in the U.S.? Well, compared to... San Francisco, it's definitely not a I guess. City. Yeah, like in I don't even know. This we don't have a shit ton of large cities in Canada, I feel like. Well, we do have a couple. Like we got Toronto. Toronto. Toronto, for example. <laughs> well, like Vancouver and, Vancouver and stuff. Like I feel like each province has like a, a large city. Yeah. But Calgary. Cal Calgary. <laughs> oh my gosh, what are you doing <laughs> I don't over know. there? I don't if know. people could only see how you were trying to pronounce these words, it's just too much. <laughs> Calgary. I know, I know. But anyway, but like for us though, like you drive hours to try and reach a large city. The closest one for us is Vancouver and that's over 800 kilometers away. Mm -hmm. And we are 
in the province, as far as northern British Columbia, we are the largest city in northern BC and Prince George of yeah. 80,000 people. Yeah, I think it's about that. So, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, just different. Um, okay, so as I said, Marcus was arrested and he was held in uh, the Fresno County Jail on a $9 million bail. Holy shit. Which I'm like, that's working a lot. He's not going to have any friends that can do that, I don't think. I really fucking hope not. Um, he was charged with nine murders and 14 counts of rape. When he appeared at his trial a year later, he looked like a different person, though. He had his dreadlocks, which were described at the time of his arrest, arrest as looking like one greasy long dreadlock. Were So they were cut short, and he was nearly half the size. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know. You could say jail wasn't agreeing with him, but maybe it was agreeing with him. Um, even with the many, even with this, many potential jurors were excused from the trial after claiming to be terrified to be in the same room as Marcus. So even after like kind of cleaned up his appearance slightly, I guess the dude was just like a scary mofo. Wow. Like, I don't know. He's scary. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't mind the fact that some people left because they were terrified with him because that only means the fact that we are getting jurors who are not intimidated by this fucker in mm -hmm. this trial. Yeah. So that's that kind of like a bonus. A dream juror job, I feel like. If I'm ever going to be on a jury, I want the, the case to just be fucked. Just fucked. Because it, I would be, end up, if you end up in there and it's a real boring one, like I'd yeah. fall asleep. I wouldn't we are be here to... because Judy Marie... Santiago did not pay her parking ticket on the date of January 4th, 1973. Yeah, I would just like fall asleep. So I'd need it to be really interesting. I really hope that Judy is listening and is like, hey, that's me. <laughs> that's me. And I did get a parking ticket. <laughs> okay. So Marcus, Marcus, he actually pleaded not guilty to the charges. Do you want to know why? Why? The defense was that his 24 or 25-year-old daughter, Sabrina, had been the one to kill them all, and then she killed herself. Which is stupid. Yeah. I should add that, um, and I hope her name is actually Sabrina. But it seems like it is, but I, like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, she also, in everyone, everyone that was, like, dead, her 18-month-old son was one of them. So she would have had to, like, kill her own mm -hmm. son. The murder me weapon was a .22 caliber handgun. Okay. Oh. Okay. No, keep going. Keep going. I'm going to touch on that in a minute. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll break here in a sec. And was found with her body. Her DNA was present on the gun, but there was mixed reports whether her fingerprints were also found on the weapon. But even if there were, you know damn well it was Marcus who was 100% behind this. It was his brainwashing that led to the incident to happen. The whole suicide pack was not something that Sabrina would have come up with herself. Mm -hmm. um, also the fact that clearly he came out covered in blood. He, would he was have, present. Yeah, he was present, so he allowed it to happen. He yeah. definitely tampered with a crime scene. Even if Sabrina was the one pulling the trigger, he would have been piling the bodies or whatever he did, right? So he's covered in blood. Mm -hmm. So there's something there. Um, second of all, it was a 22 caliber caliber bullet, you said. 22s are really small guns. They do not make a lot of noise. Do they not? They do not. Oh. So if you have someone firing a 22 caliber uh, handgun inside a 
a residence okay. and you have officers waiting over the course of an hour, I'm pretty sure they're not standing at the front door. They very well might be sitting in the squad car with maybe even the radio playing to kill the time. If that's a scenario, which is a likely scenario, I guarantee you they would not have heard that. Seriously? It's yeah. that quiet? It's a very small caliber gun. It but is, it's enough that if one shot through the head would kill you. It's enough that the bullet will enter the head, but the bullet will not exit the head. It was actually used in like Mafia because the twenty-two caliber will not exit the, the head. So when they execute someone, the bullet will actually bounce around inside the skull. Oh, God. Oh, and God. That's too much. ensures killing someone and it does not leave a mess for cleanup because you have no exit wound. Okay. So how would he have gotten this blood? Okay. So would there have been like spray when these people were shot? Well, like they're shot through the eye. So they're, they're bleeding out the eye. So there would be some blood that way. Yeah. And I mean, going through the eye, actually, it's going through the orbit. So there's not much um, bone tissue it's going through. So there very well could have been exit wounds in this case, because the bone entry wound is what prevents the bullet from continuing through the outside. So in this case, there might be exit wounds. So it might be why it's so messy. But still, a 22 caliber bullet does not make much noise. Oh, my gosh. Okay. To, to put it into perspective... Uh, 22 calibers are used for hunting things like grouse and rabbit. Hmm. So. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah. Thank you for that. The more you know. Because I didn't research if that gun made much noise, which I guess I should have. Hey? So, and if you have a neighbor sitting nearby who's maybe sitting down reading a book. Or even if they were just like having conversations, the police officers, they may not have yeah. heard it, eh? So. Huh. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> with that <laughs> sorry um so there were some members of the cult family i just hate saying that cult i don't know i okay it's a cult we, we've accepted that who initially still believed and trusted marcus and would like defend him in court wow, they were just really? so brainwashed right like i mean like just so brainwashed the jury which took more than two weeks to deliberate declined to find that marcus fired the fatal shots but found him guilty anyway. Finding that he had persuaded his children to enter into a suicide pack. So guilty on nine counts of first degree murder and 14 counts of raping and molesting seven of his daughters and nieces, he was sentenced to death on June 27th, 2005. Jeez. It, however is now 2021. Of course, of course. I know where you're going. Yep. And Marcus is still alive. <sighs> Sitting on death row. Yep. Just waiting, I guess, and costing us money. Yep. Well, maybe not us. He's American. <laughs> well. <laughs> but costing, I guess that would be, ta I'm assuming taxpayers, taxpayers. down there. Yeah, their, their money, right? Well, he's taking up facility rooms. He's taking up um, resources such as, you know, food, medical yep. And why does it take so long for someone sitting on death row to receive their sentence? Okay, well, I... Receive there, the penalty, I guess, sorry. It seems like sometimes the criminals want it, but, like, I couldn't find anything about him doing appeals or anything. So, like, for this, I'd, I don't know, you know? Well, I because most people end up sitting on death row. They generally end up passing away of natural causes uh -huh. or healthcare issues. So then issues. medical expenses, too, right there. I wonder why that is. I would like to know, actually. How can we find that out? We should research that. <laughs> You'd think that being podcast host of true crime, we, we might know that, but. Well, yeah, we because, don't. okay, so learn. it was 2005. So that's like 16 years. Wow. That's like a long fucking time. No kidding. 
Okay, so it took his children years, and I mean years, of deprogramming and separation from Marcus to finally understand the horrors they lived through. While Marcus was going through court, a few of the boys had said that he was such a great dad and that he would never hurt his kids. Unless it was with a baseball bat. (laughs) Or if he had peanut butter. Oh, snap. Today, they are finally able to say that their father was psychotic, narcissistic, and deluded. Wow. That's some progress there. Well, progress that needed to be made. So I'm glad they're getting the help or whatever they need. Yeah, no kidding. As disturbing as all of this is, most of the children were born into the family cult and not having a lot of access to the outside world, they had no clue that their lives could be any different. Yeah. Well, how do you know otherwise? You're just sheltered from everything else. That's literally all you know. That's their normal. Well, the individual who's causing all this abuse in their life is the one who taught them growing up that it's okay and it's yeah. the way the world is. And like you don't this, see anything like else. the nasty mofo he is. Oh, you're nasty. You're nasty. Two of the girls were interviewed about his lovings, which is far-worthy, at the the age of eight. And one girl admitted that when Marcus started, she thought it was okay, with the other girl saying when it was happening to her, she felt it was wrong. So that's basically the story. Oh, I feel so bad for these kids. If you want to dive a bit deeper, which for this one, like, I actually think I will. There's a book called Deadly Devotion. It was originally published as Where Hope Begins. It was written by Alicia Sofios, who um, was a reporter and covered the case at the time. And she ultimately welcomed the family into her home to, like, help them. Uh, So she got, like, some serious firsthand knowledge and wrote this book. So I meant, I mean, it's probably super interesting. It's a shame. We always... When I found out about the book, I was like, oh, should I postpone this case? But I was already like pretty deep into it. And we always find out too late. Well, that's kind of the, the one of the downsides of us right now doing podcasting on the side is we only have about a week or so to research each case. We don't have time to really dive yeah. in uh, ahead of schedule. So we just research one case like mad for an entire week and then post it out there. So when we do find that there's a book, it's like it's almost too late. Yeah, we have like two days to get this out this episode out we gotta find the book read the book and then work it into our research in two days it's just not manageable Mm -hmm. so with a new life coming up we're doing our own gigs and leaving the nine to fives and sitting in the tiny home podcasting more often there you go hint hint this might be something that we can start diving into and doing more of getting these books read before podcasting i actually used to have like reading as a hobby when i was younger but then i started university and my reading of became just textbooks and i think it almost ruined it for me (laughs) so it is something i want to get back into so there we go we'll have time we're gonna do it because i know there's um i can't remember the name of the individual but the little girl who was lost at sea for like three days Mm. there's a book on that one as well and i want to read that one those would be both good books they would maybe those should be our next books maybe let's do it and this is the last podcast in the house. Last one we're doing in this house. The rest yeah. from here on out is going to be in the tiny home. So until then, my friends. Make sure you guys stay wicked.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.